We all know that Google is the most important tool for finding information on the internet. It's used by billions of people around the world to discover, connect, and learn each and every day. But most people don't think about how Google actually works. That's what we'll explore on this week of the Medical Marketing Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Medical Marketing Podcast from Messenger, the show where we give you actionable tips and insights to help improve your practice marketing, grow revenue, and take patient experience to the next level. This week, we're talking about the Google search algorithm, one of the most tremendously complex and perhaps most valuable inventions of the last 50 years. Let's dive in. Okay, so the first thing you need to know about how Google search works is a process called crawling. This process happens when Google's computers, which are sometimes called spiders, go around the web following links. The main spider Google uses is called Googlebot. Googlebot views and stores all of the content it encounters around the internet. This is a process called indexing. And it does this so that Google search can serve the most useful results to people when they're actually searching. This is why it's important to make sure that your website is always accessible to Google spiders. If there are any errors that prevent Googlebot from crawling your website, that means it can't store your website in its index. That means that when patients are searching for your services, they aren't going to be able to find you. You won't be included. The most important part of crawling is the links on a page because links are a vital piece of Google's algorithm. Googlebot will follow all of the links on a page to discover new content that's been added to the internet since it last searched. Links also help with ranking. In general, the more websites around the internet that link to you, the more popular Google's going to think your website is and the higher you're going to rank for it. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So the first step is crawling. The second step, which we'll discuss next, is indexing. The second step in Google's algorithm is indexing. When Googlebot crawls a web page, it stores all of the words on that page into its memory, which is what we call indexing. The Google search index contains hundreds of billions of web pages and is well over 100 million gigabytes in size. It's like the index in the back of a book. It has an entry for every word that Google finds on every single web page they crawl and index. When Google indexes a web page, they add it to the entries for all of the words that it contains. Google crawls all the websites on the internet on a regular basis to see if anything has changed since it last visited. If old content has changed, or if new content has been added, Google will update its index accordingly. This ensures that Google is continually surfacing the most relevant content to people who are doing searches. If you had been preventing Googlebot from crawling your site, you wouldn't be added to the index. But assuming you caught this error and corrected it, Googlebot would eventually come back around, crawl your site, and index its content to be served to future searchers. Now that crawling and indexing are complete, we get to where the magic really happens, the search.
chances are by the time you're listening to this, you've already Googled something today. Maybe you've Googled several things. Searching on Google is one of the most commonly performed tasks on the internet, so we tend not to think very much about it. But what's going on behind the scenes is amazing. Every single minute, Google handles approximately 3.8 million searches. That's three and a half billion individual queries per day, more than 100 billion searches every single month. In the fraction of a time it takes to blink your eye, Google can answer your question, give you direction to a business, help you look up vital information, and way more. So when you type something into Google search, Google first needs to understand what you're trying to accomplish, basically the intent of your query. Are you looking for directions to a business? Are you trying to answer a common question? Or are you just looking up some basic information? This might seem simple, but it's a tremendously difficult task. Google says that about 15% of all queries on a daily basis are searches that they've never seen before. So their systems have to get really good at understanding the intent of the person who's searching. Once Google has determined what your intent is for a query, it's then time to display results and rank them appropriately. Google looks through its index to find pages that fit the intent of your query and serves them up to you on a silver platter of a page called the Search Engine Results page, or SERP for short. And this brings us to the holy grail of search engine results, ranking. So now that Google has a list of contextually relevant content it wants to show you, it then has to determine which ones it should show you first. Remember earlier when I said that links are important? Well, this is where that comes into play. In general, the more links that your site has attracted, the better chance you have of ranking higher in those results pages. It used to be that links were all that was needed to rank well. But as Google's algorithms have evolved over the years, the complexity of ranking well has too. Now, don't get me wrong, links are still very, very important, but now there are a variety of other factors that Google takes into account when it comes to ranking. One common myth about SEO is that there's one definitive Google algorithm that ranks content, but that just isn't true. Google's algorithm, so to speak, is actually made up of hundreds, perhaps thousands, of very small algorithms that work together to rank content. Google evaluates thousands of different factors to determine rankings, such as the speed of your website, the freshness and usefulness of your content, if your website is really usable on mobile, and even more. Google also takes into account the intent of your query to change how it ranks content accordingly. If you're looking for information about a particular business, say their hours of operation, for instance, it might direct you to a featured snippet or a Google My Business card with that specific information. But what if you're doing a more general search, say, plumbers near me? If you do that, Google's more likely to display the map pack with three to four results based on things like their relevance, physical proximity to you, their average customer star ratings, and even more. So, by now, that's a lot of information, and some of you are probably thinking that there's one big thing I missed, and you'd be right. What is it? That's right. Ads.
let's talk about how ads factor into Google's search results. Ads on Google often appear above organic results. Some people find them annoying and will go out of their way not to click on them, while others click on the very first thing they see, regardless of whether it's an ad or an organic result. Ads on Google are basically people and businesses wanting a shortcut to the top. They're essentially buying that number one spot. They're making a bet that if they show up first for a given keyword search, they'll get more clicks, more traffic, and more business. And by and large, they'd be right. Ads on Google work incredibly well. Well, they actually accounted for $186 billion of Google's revenue in 2020 alone. But we're not going to get into that today. Perhaps the most important thing you should know is that ads and search are two fundamentally different products from Google, and they do not, let me repeat, do not have a direct impact on each other. You may have heard that spending money on Google ads will help you rank better organically, but that's just not true. The teams that work on these products are firewalled within Google, so there's no cross-contamination, there are no conflicts of interest. They keep the two separate, and that's for very good reason. If you want to pay for advertising and buy that number one spot, go for it. You're probably going to do very well. If you want to focus on organic SEO alone without advertising, hey, more power to you. Just don't get confused and think that one has a direct impact on the other because they don't. So that's a bit about how Google search works. So the next time you find yourself typing something into that little search box, you can think about all the work that goes on behind the scenes to deliver you all that great content and knowledge in the blink of an eye. Now you know. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Medical Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, let us know by writing a review and leaving a star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll have a link in the show notes. And if you want more practice marketing resources, be sure to check out our website and our brand new blog at www.messenger.md. We're always sharing helpful tips and know-how to help improve your practice marketing, grow revenue, and take patient experience to the next level. That's all for today. I'm Crawford Ifland. See you next time.